0: This summer, a wave of mysterious illnesses started cropping up in hospitals all over America. People with pneumonia-like symptoms were coming in, in the middle of summer. They'd lost weight. Their breathing was shallow. Some of them needed to be hooked up to a ventilator. It took doctors a lot of hard work and deduction to figure out what was going on.
1: You sit there and you go, something isn't right. Now I got to try to figure out what it is.
0: Today
2: on the show, how a medical team in Wisconsin discovered and responded to a mysterious lung illness, and how that illness has sparked confusion and fear among parents, regulators, and the companies that make e-cigarettes.
0: Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knutson, And I'm Kate Leinbaugh.
2: It's Tuesday, October 1st. Over July 4th weekend, Michael Meyer was at work at the Children's Hospital of Wisconsin in Milwaukee. Meyer is a pediatric ICU doctor, so he sees a lot of sick children for a lot of different reasons. But this weekend, he noticed something out of the ordinary. For the fifth time in just a few weeks, the hospital was treating yet another kid for pneumonia. Pneumonia in the middle of the summer, and these were
1: teenagers all of them presented with a combination of symptoms, a couple weeks of weight loss, increasing fatigue, difficulty breathing, and we're in the operating room doing the bronchoscopies, and the pulmonology team looked at this stuff and said, this isn't infectious. We're dealing with something else.
3: So the doctors just really didn't know what was going on. And having a group of patients like that was really striking. Brianna Abbott is a health and science reporter. The hospital staff sort of scoured patient records and medical histories, looking for any sort of common denominator between the patients.
1: You're kind of looking for that canary in the coal mine who tells you there's something else going on in your community.
3: They looked for atypical fungal infections, foreign travel, any joint or muscle issues, and after searching through all of the medical histories, the only thing that the patients had in common is that they had all vaped something over the past 90 days.
2: So the doctors start looking into vaping as a possible cause, and it's a good candidate. There's been a huge increase in vaping among teens— A recent federal survey showed that nearly 28% of high school students said they'd vaped in the past month. That's up almost 21% from a year ago. Which is why Myers and his team had a realization after their sixth patient showed up.
3: Yes, an 18-year-old female arrives at Blue Mound Pediatrics, and right away the nurses and her pediatrician can just tell that something is off. She is having trouble walking from the waiting room to the office. Her skin is blue and gray, and she's breathing through these really quick, shallow breaths.
2: And her case becomes a turning point.
3: She will be the sixth patient to arrive at Children's Hospital.
2: After this girl came in, the doctors felt like they could call it. These cases all had similar symptoms. The kids all had vaped. It was time to go public and to warn about what seemed like a brand new illness.
0: We're here today to warn you about what we believe is a significant health issue related to the danger of vaping in teenagers.
3: At that point, their patient count is
0: up to eight. We've had eight teenagers who've been hospitalized at Children's with severe lung damage in a short period of time, and all have had the common thread of vaping.
2: The Wisconsin doctors also got in touch with the state health department, which sent out a memo to doctors around the region, warning them about the link between the pneumonia-like cases and vaping.
1: We got to the point of uh, making a decision that we have a public health issue and that we need to go public with this. And it wasn't to say, look, this is weird, we're finding this. It's there may be more kids affected by this. And I think that night... Another family showed up in the emergency department after they heard the announcement and said, our kid hasn't been breathing well, and we know that she's been vaping.
2: What is the purpose of the press conference and the memo for other health professionals?
1: So the purpose
3: is to just have them be aware instead of first thinking that this is a pneumonia or some other respiratory illnesses to maybe think about the connection to vaping and be on the lookout for it, and report any potential cases to the health department. It works. Pretty rapidly, doctors across the country are recognizing that they currently have or had cases. Doctors from Pennsylvania, Minnesota, Texas,
1: New York, Utah. I can remember the email I got from one of my friends out in Pittsburgh, and she's like, we have a patient we think was vaping. How did you manage the ventilator?
2: As more and more cases roll in, officials realize this is bigger than one state or one region. It's a national crisis. The Wisconsin doctors have sounded the alarm on essentially a brand new illness. If they hadn't done that, these hospitals all over the U.S. wouldn't have known what they were treating.
1: You're kind of like, wow, we just did something that's actually kind of cool. You look back at it and you're like, maybe we're making a difference in a bigger picture.
2: In August, following this discovery, two federal agencies, the Food and Drug Administration and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, launched dual investigations into this vaping illness to try to figure out its root cause.
3: The investigations are essentially trying to look at a lot of these products submitted by patients to figure out if there is a common thread between them. And the Office of Criminal Investigations at the FDA is also investigating these cases. They've been involved for the investigation for a while, and they are looking at both what is making people sick and sort of the supply chain. And what do they find? So they find that most of the cases are related to a compound called THC, which is a chemical in marijuana known for its psychoactive effects. A lot of people vape a combination of THC and nicotine, and some people are just vaping nicotine. So as of right now, there is not one commonality across all of the cases. But there are hypotheses.
2: One is that there might be a dangerous additive in illegal vape products, those purchased on the black market. One additive found in 13 samples collected in New York from sick people was vitamin E oil. And there are concerns about other chemicals, too. But even without clear answers, the CDC came out last month and warned consumers to stay away from vaping. All vaping.
1: The theme I think that's so important to all of us in pediatrics is that vaping is bad for kids. You know, that, I think that's the thing that drove announcing this and going public with this, is that awareness.
2: But here's the thing. There's a lot of kinds of vaping. Nicotine vaping, THC vaping, jewel pods, bootleg cartridges, legal, illegal. Consumers and regulators seem to be having a hard time telling the difference and assessing the risk. And the response seems to just be, shut it all down. We are learning now that at least 13 people have died as the CDC investigates more than 800 cases nationwide. Health officials telling people to stop vaping now. As the CDC put out this warning and public concern mounted, one company was watching from the sidelines. Juul, the biggest name in vaping. Their response after the break.
0: This episode is brought to you by Mercury. There's an art to making the complex feel simple. Everything should be in sync so that even the smallest part serves a bigger purpose. Simplicity can transform your business operations. That's why Mercury powers your financial workflows from the bank account, giving ambitious companies like yours the precision, control, and focus they need to perform at their best. Apply in minutes at mercury.com.
2: Welcome back. When the Wisconsin doctor Michael Meyer and his team made the discovery about the vaping illness, the company Juul was already in a moment of crisis.
4: Juul has been buffeted by an incredible amount of bad news over the past several months. Jennifer Maloney covers the tobacco industry. It, first of all, was grappling with an increase in vaping among underage kids, and that has been a problem that has escalated over the past several months and then regulators and federal agencies state attorneys general began launching investigation after investigation and after investigation most recently federal criminal probe being conducted by prosecutors in California and then finally to top it all off the Trump administration announced that they are going to take most e-cigarettes off the market, anything that isn't flavored like tobacco. And it was in the midst of this that the CDC sends out its announcement telling people not to vape. The e-cigarette market is caught up in the fears and alarm about the illnesses when public health officials say, don't use e-cigarettes or don't vape, even though most of the illnesses appear to be linked to THC products, that means that companies that are selling products that may be manufactured through responsible practices and sold in retail stores and are sort of licensed conditions, they are getting caught up in this panic over vaping and its potential health effects. As a response to this new
2: panic over vaping, Juul has been making changes. Last week, the company
4: announced that its chief executive is stepping down. He's going to be replaced by an executive from the big tobacco company, Altria, which makes Marlboro cigarettes. Why would an executive from Altria take over as CEO of Juul? Well, finally you should ask. Altria last year invested $12.8 billion in Juul to take a 35% stake. They saw that Juul's sales were taking off. They wanted a piece of that action. They saw that it was going to be the future of nicotine. Cigarettes were on the decline, and vaping was on the rise. So they invested in Juul, and now they have an even closer relationship because Juul's CEO is, uh, is a longtime Altria exec. How much would you say this change of executives is related
2: to this public health crisis of vape-related illnesses?
4: I don't know that the vapor related illnesses is directly related to the change in leadership at Juul but Juul said that in selecting the new CEO they wanted somebody with a track record of sort of working with regulators. And it's clear that, you know, since this sort of drumbeat of investigations has proceeded over the past year with the FDA investigating and the FTC investigating and all these state attorneys general and various congressional committees, that Jewel really needed to do something to repair their public image and relationships with people who are tasked with either pulling them off the market or censoring them or allowing them to proceed. What are the
2: possible new regulations that could come out of this moment, both related to the health crisis as well as the concern about rising vaping use among youth? Right now,
4: there are a lot of different proposals in the works. One thing that I think is likely to pass is federal legislation that would raise the the national minimum age to buy cigarettes and e-cigarettes to 21. If new rules are introduced, what do you think it would mean for Juul? If the ban goes into effect limiting e-cigarette flavors to only those that taste like tobacco, Juul is expected to have a significant drop in revenue. Some of their users probably would switch from their most popular flavors to tobacco, but others may go back to smoking cigarettes or may quit altogether, or maybe they'll go online and find some black market mango flavored pod that they can use. However, executives at Juul believe that in the long run, the restrictions actually could be beneficial. And that's because Juul hopes that this restriction on the market would clear out a lot of the bad actors who have introduced counterfeit and kid-friendly products. And if that were the case, then Juul hopes that the youth vaping problem would go down and Juul might have a better chance of convincing the FDA not only to let it remain on the market, but maybe to bring back some of its flavored products onto the market.
2: So Juul and other e-cigarette makers, part of their promise was that they were a magic bullet. They were going to help reduce lung cancer by getting smokers to transition off of tobacco products. What does this moment mean for that promise?
4: I've spoken with public health experts who actually are really discouraged because the fear around the vaping-related illnesses and the regulatory crackdown that has come means that cigarette smokers are going to have fewer opportunities to switch from cigarettes to e-cigarettes, which public health experts agree are vastly less harmful. 480,000 people in the US die every year of cigarette smoking-related illnesses. And they may have a harder time finding opportunities to switch to something less harmful because e-cigarettes are going to be so severely restricted on the market, there may not be that many left to buy.
2: On Monday, Juul said it's pulling its support for a ballot initiative in San Francisco that sought to overturn the city's ban on e-cigarette sales. Juul's new CEO said he is committed to working with regulators and policymakers. That's all for today. Tuesday, October 1st.
0: The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal.
2: Thanks to producer Ryan Kyloth for his help on this episode. Thanks for listening.
0: See you tomorrow.